Hi, this is Father Jonathan. I'm so glad that you've tuned in to the Grace Church Podcast. I think that because you've tuned in, you will better understand your place in God's kingdom. At Grace Church, we are living out our ancient faith in modern times, and we believe that the next few minutes will draw you closer to Jesus. To find out more what's going on at Grace Church, please visit us at graceocala.org. So it may feel like a a long time ago that this happened, but do you remember what happened on Monday of this last week? Anybody? The eclipse. (laughs) That's... Really? Yeah, it was a long time ago, but not that long ago. So the eclipse happened. And it was this amazing moment, of course, in our country where uh, people are standing outside, hopefully with the right glasses on, looking up at the sun, to see this awesome and kind of strange moon go in front of the sun and create a shadow that was pretty unique, actually. And now I don't know where you got to spend it, but I was here on campus and got to see the kids from the Ambleside School come out, and uh, they had these glasses, and they would look up at the sun And I actually had a lot more fun watching the kids than I did the eclipse. Because every time they would look up and see the moon covering the sun just a little bit more, their mouth would just fall open. Wow. And it was just really cool just to watch them. And it got me thinking about those moments for when I was a kid. And I saw something or something happened that just sort of made my mouth fall open and say, wow. Now, I don't know kind of what were the events that surrounded your childhood, but I grew up in the, as a kid in the 70s. And so 1977, Star Wars. Man, that movie just shaped everything. And as a matter of fact, that movie just became sort of part of the theme for when I was a kid of space in general being this amazing thing that I thought was incredible. I didn't see any of the original runs, but I've seen all of the um, Star Trek episodes as Captain Kirk boldly went where no one went before and his final frontier. And I loved him. Space just captivated my imagination. I saw a documentary the other day, uh, also in 1977, the Voyager probes that we launched have now completed their circle of, or their, their time, their planet passbys in our solar system, and now have actually left our solar system and are in something called interstellar space. I have no idea what that means. I think it's awesome. Interstellar space, that is so cool. It's those things that created on me, but I will also say that the older I've gotten, though I'm still impressed by space, I don't look to the heavens so much anymore to be amazed. In fact, I see plenty to be in awe about right here in our lives. In fact, I would even say in our families that creates so much awe in me. Just by way of example, several years ago when I was, uh, when my family and I were still in seminary, we had come to the end of the Lenten season and it was time for that great celebration that day we call Easter. Now my wife, like many moms before and after her, bought special outfits for every one of the children. And so the goal for that morning was to get all the kids into those clothes, keep them in those clothes, keep them stain-free, if at all possible, help them get into the car, then get out of the car, and make it to church with as few as tears possible. And 
I knew it would be an incredibly magic moment if all of that happened before church even started. If we got there before the service began, I knew we were winning. So as we are literally running up to the church, we are seconds away. I can see the procession outside. They're lined up. And the celebrant that day is my New Testament professor. And he must have seen the harried and hurried look on my face. And he said, I'm glad you're here. To which I looked at him and I gestured at the children. And I said, I know that today we're here to celebrate that Jesus rose from the dead. But these guys are really the miracle of Easter morning to me. (laughs) He didn't get it. But it was a moment as awesome as the eclipse for me that our family actually made it to church before church started on Easter morning. And in fact, the older I get, the more and more impressed I am by the stuff that I do see rather than the stuff that I can't see. Which is why I believe that it's the family. The family that prepares us to see God's greatness. That's what I want you to hear today. I think it's the family that God has given us that prepares us to see his greatness. Now, this may surprise some of you, but I haven't always been a priest. In fact, I've been a dad a lot longer than I've been a priest. And as a dad, I've discovered the incredible joys of introducing my kids to Jesus and introducing Jesus to them. It's one of the most awe-inspiring activities I've ever got to be a part of. Those quiet times, right at bedtime. Or the question from the back seat, from when the kids are in their car seats and they're noodling on something and then they say, Hey, Dad, why did God do this? Or what about this part of God? Or the trials and tribulations that come with each year as they grow older. In our families, I have come to realize that these are the moments that God is doing something great, not just in my life, but in our family's life. He wants, us, wants me to learn more about him. And in fact, it's been the family that has prepared me most, I think, to see God's greatness. And hopefully you saw that in our psalm today, Psalm 96. If you want to look along with me, you're more than welcome to. Here's what it says. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Skip a verse and it says, Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the nations, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. It is the families that are to ascribe to the Lord, to proclaim out loud God's glory and strength. That's how important this is to God. And we do that when we are in our homes. We do that when we're here as a church family together. With this family assembled, we say with one voice, God, you are worthy. You have glory. You are strong. So ask yourself what the psalm is really pushing you towards. Ask yourself, does your family give to the Lord in worship? Do you give to the Lord in worship? That's what the psalmist is pushing us to do. And if so, where do you do that? Do you give in time? Do you give in your prayers? Do you give through your songs? Financially? Serving? Sharing what he's given you? Are these the ways that you give, tell out about God's strength? How do you think about this at all? And this goes, by the way, for grandparents, too. 
If your kids are grown but you now have grandkids, think about this. How does your family give to the, give to the Lord? Our proclaiming in Psalm 96 about God's greatness, it cannot start when our kids are just older, when the family, we think, will be more developed. Because it's too late then. It has to start when they are so little that it's just part of the air that they breathe within your family. When you tell them about God's greatness and they think, yeah, that that makes sense, Dad. How about reading our gospel today? Matthew chapter 16. Jesus, like a good parent, asks his followers, what do you guys think about what's going on? Very simple question. He knows they have thoughts about it. In fact, because he's God, he knows what those thoughts are. But he invites them to share those thoughts. Just like you so often know what your kids or your grandkids are already thinking. And yet, you invite them to verbalize what their heart is feeling. Unafraid. Without any shame. Without being afraid that you'll reject them. You just say, hey, what's going on inside of you? All of our families should do this. Hey, what do, you, what do you think about Jesus? Who do you think he is? Is a question that we should ask. Now, let's be honest. You're going to get some pretty crazy answers when you ask that question. You're going to hear some nutty stuff. But is it any nuttier than what we saw in our gospel today? They got it wrong too. And so it's totally cool, apparently, just to say what you think. But don't miss the fact that Jesus, the master teacher, doesn't just allow them to sit with their own thoughts. He doesn't let them stay where they were. He clarifies and affirms the right answer that we saw in Peter. Not all gods are the same. All answers are not equal. And so he tells Peter, yes, he nailed it. With boldness and faithfulness, Peter, your confession is correct. You are the Messiah, the Son of God. Good job, Peter. So moms and dads, grandmas, grandpas, you can and should have these exact same conversations with the families that God has put you in. Because when you do that, you are introducing your family to God and you are introducing God to your family. You are encouraging and experiencing the greatness that God always intended for your family with him. And I think it's as awe-inspiring as any eclipse, as any spaceship or supernova, to see God move in your midst in this way. Because you're not only changing the world now, you're changing it for eternity. And that is awesome. So think for a second. Imagine if every family introduced themselves to God. Think about the wholeness that they would know, the life change they would experience. Think about the wonder that they would regularly encounter with this God who loves us so much. As I was thinking about this, I was reminded of a very powerful story in my own life with my kids many years ago. I want to close with this because I think it really affirms what I've learned from my family when my two oldest biological daughters were five and three, every night we would do bedtimes. And of course, we'd do a story and then say prayers. 
And my older daughter, the five-year-old, she was on this uh, kick where she wanted to hear God speak. So she was like, Dad, I want to hear God speak. And I was like, yeah, me too. And she was like, no, I'm serious. I want to hear him speak. And I'm like, um, I don't know what to say about that. She's like, well, you're dad, so figure it out. So I was like, okay, I don't know what to do here, but I didn't say this part, but I said, I'm thinking in my head, what do you do, dad? So I said, okay, how about this, guys? How about we have a prayer time right now? We will close our eyes and we'll be quiet for 60 seconds, which, of course, for a five and three-year-old is about a million years. I said, we'll be quiet for 60 seconds and we'll just make space for God to talk. And we'll let him say something. We won't pray any prayers. We won't say anything. We'll just let him talk to us, okay? So Eliana and Aaliyah, they both closed their eyes, and we began to pray. And my very fervent dad prayer was, oh, God, please say something. This could go so badly. So we just got quiet. After about 10, 15, 20 seconds, I opened one eye. And my three-year-old, she's already got her eyes open. She's kind of playing with her hands. She's already tapped out real quick. It's okay. She's three. I get it. But my five-year-old still had her eyes closed. And now she has this big smile on her face. Like something's happening. And I'm like, what's, what's happening? What's going on? So 30 seconds, 40 seconds, 50 seconds pass. She's still smiling. I'm dying to know what's happened. So finally, all 60 seconds passed, the longest minute of my life. I say amen, and I say, Ellie, did, did God say anything to you? She said, oh, yes, Daddy. So what did he say? She said, well, first he said my name, and then he said he loved me. Isn't that what we need to hear? Isn't that what every child needs to know? It doesn't matter if you are five or if you are 105. We need to know that. And God wants to tell us that in the context of our families. The family here today, the family that he's put you in. That is the awe that God wants to inspire in you and me today. Our families have prepared us to see and to hear him. So take some time this week. Get quiet. Let him tell you what he thinks about you. Let him tell your kids or your grandkids and share that incredible moment together. Let me pray for us. Father, we acknowledge that you want to speak to us that you have words that you have been waiting to say to us, and we have been so hurried and rushed at bedtimes and at mealtimes and in the rest of our lives that we don't hear your voice. Give us space to pause. Teach us to value our families. Teach us to hear you in the midst of this beautiful thing that you have created. And Lord, when you do speak, stir in us our love for you, that we might be reintroduced to you, and if we don't know you, that we might give our lives to you. No matter what, God, thanks for not leaving us alone, for loving us in spite of us, that we might make the same confession that Peter made, that you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. 
In your name we pray. Amen. We're so glad that you've been a part of our conversation today. We hope that you will take what you've heard and share what you've learned. Again, if you'd like to learn more about our church community, please come find us on Facebook, on Instagram, or online at graceocala.org. Go in peace.